Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. This episode is sponsored by Fluent Comp, the O'Reilly Web Conference. Web, web, web. Programming, design, uh, making the web great. It's two days of intensive training at the beginning and then two days of sessions. It's a really awesome conference coming to San Francisco March 7th through 10th, really. So we'll tell you more about that later in the show, but it looks pretty darn awesome, and I think you're going to want to be there. Uh, and CodePen, I guess, because we have an opening for a, a, a second advertiser. So get in touch with us if you're interested in it, because uh, 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 the Shop Talk audience is lovely and powerful and smart and intelligent and beautiful and stuff. Dave, you better save me from this. Kick it off. Abort. 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 Hey there, Shopper Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave, the muscle man, Rupert. And with me is Chris Beefcake. Scrawny Coyer. Pants Coyer. What's Sc- happening, everybody? If this is a this is a you know season five or four. I don't know what we're calling it. We don't really do seasons, but we kind of do on Shop Talk. We're thinking that this season is the perfect season to do themed episodes where instead of just talking about absolutely anything, we're going to keep things on point a little bit, and we have lots and lots of ideas for that. And this one I was super excited about because I personally have many, many questions on it, and that thing is the Web Animations API. So we brought on some some of what I think are the absolute perfect guests to ask questions about and talk to us about what the web a- uh, animation API is. I bet you don't know everything there is to know about it. Uh, one of those guests is Rachel Neighbors. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I am doing so wonderfully. Um, Rachel is is like extremely uniquely qualified to talk about this. One thing Rachel knows and does a ton of artwork and animation on the web. So just that alone is important. Uh, 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 we've had Rachel on the show before. We can link that up in the show notes. But uh, uh, before I even knew this about booking Rachel, then she writes back and says, well, as fate would have it, I'm kind of um, I'm working on kind of documenting a lot of the web. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I recently partnered up with MDN to document the web animations API there. Right now, a lot of the documentation is missing. It's kind of a huge spec. So I am filling in the gaps and expanding where necessary with really cool demos that are going up on CodePen. They're all Alice in Wonderland themed. It's super awesome. I'm excited to be here and talk to you about that today. Yes, that's wonderful. So MDN, as probably most people know, but if you don't, it is, uh, I think what most of us kind of agree is the kind of documentation of choice for a lot of a lot of web stuff. You know, like if there's some certain JavaScript <laughs> thing, like a native thing, there's going to be a dedicated page to it on MDN that explains it. And there probably is one for Web Animations API and probably all the sub-API. I, mean, I imagine there's all kinds of little sub APIs that go along with it, right? So many constructors. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get I to d- all I that. don't even know what a constructor is, so this is going to be a good show for me. I'm taking notes. <laughs> like a getter or a setter or both? Uh, and we have another guest, uh, uh, Dan Wilson. How are you, Dan? Hey, doing what? doing really well. Good, good, good. Or in HTTP, it is danielcwilson.com. 
we invited Dan on because he there, he's one of the uh, not so many mm, uh, web series or, or written you know kind of hand authored walkthrough documentation of the web animation side that you worked on for a number of months uh, last year, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I had been hearing about it from people like Rachel and. Uh, found out that there really wasn't much technical information out there yet. Uh, and so I just started banging away at it in a code pen, just trying to figure it all out and got to a point where I had some, some sense of understanding and uh, started just blogging about it and talking about it, trying to get other people to talk about it so that we can have more conversations about it and have a fuller understanding of it. I'm sure most of us don't have a full understanding that are listening. I know I just know that I don't and I feel a little I feel a little weird about it. So let's knock this out before we do anything else. What the heck is it? And maybe a little bit from both of you on that. Okay. It's uh the, the way that I see it at least. Um and again, this is based on, you know, the, the the bits of information that are out there. It's an emerging spec um that is trying to take kind of the best of CSS animations and 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 JavaScript and and SVG animations of it as well, trying to to provide a unified base for it and and exposing an API in JavaScript that allows you to get some of the things that you really used to not be able to get that you could get in CSS like uh, hardware acceleration, um, but then also add on to that like timelines and kind of playback control of these animations, throw in variables because you're in JavaScript so you can change the values, make it dy- more dynamic. Um, and so, so yeah, it's exposing methods that uh, that give you those those kinds. And it really of just features. didn't exist at all before, right? This isn't no. really replacing anything that was already there, right? Well, actually, it kind of is. Um, so the funny thing about uh, I'm gonna totally like side stream. Now it's my turn to talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was that uh, way back in the days when CSS animations got implemented. Uh, by different browsers, each one had to write their own animation engine and transition engine and smile engine for SVG. And so uh, (laughs) Microsoft came in and was like, okay, we already have CSS animations and transitions engines. We're not building any more animation engines until y'all provide us with a <laughs> an animations API that to rule them all, that we can all conform to, because this is getting nuts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, part of the... So it's the, one animation to, to rule them all is like exactly. a nerd joke, but it means that they really is bringing them all under one roof. Can can we yeah. call it Lord of the Tweens? <laughs> I like that. I like. Can that. we please? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the funny, the ironic part was, so the the web animation API is so massive because it has so much work to do to combine all the animations in one place. It took a rather, it took some years to write, and by the time it's like been shored up, it's starting to ship. Now Chrome comes in and is like, y'all, we're sorry, we're not going to do Smile anymore. So I think we can get to that, which is Smile is the SVG-specific one. But maybe let's just stay on the like kind of defining what this thing is so people can picture it in their minds if they can. Uh, so if I look at like like the first one-ish of, um, of Dan's tutorials, there's, there's basically like dot .animate. And when I see that, I think jQuery because that's how it used to be. It used to be able to, you know, like if, if there's anybody out there familiar with the 
jQuery animations, it was like dollar sign, and then you make a selector, and then you say dot animate, and you pass it probably a object, and the object says animate this property to this value, and jQuery would just do it. And the way that it did it was kind of like rapidly changing the attributes and stuff on that on that element and it would do the thing. So if it, you know you said animate it from, you know, left 10 to left 30, it would just go, you know, left 11 of 12 30 40 50 and it would go there and it would it would create animation by like rapidly changing attributes on it. Um, so when I look at this, that look it looks very very similar. It looks like you pass it like you know the parameters that it takes are are pretty similar, but you still do something like I need a reference to this element, so I'm going to do document get element by ID uh, or whatever, and and get a reference to a particular element that exists on the page, and then dot animate. So there's a new API essentially that's the in browsers that support it, which we could get to, and you pass it. Uh, it looks like an array of different things that you want to change on that array, and then an object with some stuff in it like duration. So, how long do you want it to take to for these properties to to get to those new values? So, it looks really clean and nice, and it doesn't look too far away from what jQuery used to be. Is there any? Was it literally inspired by that? I don't think it was literally inspired by jQuery. I mean, certainly. Um, Certainly, cow paths were paved wherever they were encountered. I hadn't thought about that before. But uh, as far as I know, uh, this this takes kind of the the best of the best from observations of how people use things like GreenSock and I suppose uh, jQuery uh, jQuery's animation function as well. It's it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. It does. It, it provides a familiar familiarity for people um, who are used to it uh, through these other libraries, uh, including jQuery. Um, but it also, because of that, it, because of what you're saying, it, it, you pass in some keyframes, you pass in some options. Uh, it also feels very similar to what you have in uh, in CSS. So it it maps pretty nicely to what you see when you do a CSS animation. You know, you've got an array of keyframes here, and then just like you've got uh, keyframes in CSS that you specify percentage offsets and properties in there, uh, and then you've got your timing uh, timing effects and other uh, functions, so your easing, your duration, delay, all those things that you're used to in CSS animation. Yeah, they they, they have mappings to uh, yeah, to the it's funny because it's an object. It even looks a little bit like CSS because it's like property yeah. colon value. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Dan's animations part one post, and this is something I understand. So I'm yes. I'm ready for the next level where I don't understand. Ah. <laughs> Does. Oh, does that happen? Do, does it get kind of more complex from here? Uh, I feel it does. I, I mean, I went through several things, and I feel like the stuff that isn't even here yet, you know, that's that's going to make things even more uh, powerful, but also more complicated. So, like, we're we're still in progress with this uh, with this API. There's still stuff that's being defined, still stuff that has yet to be implemented. Um, so, yeah, it. it it might get simpler. It might get more complicated, depending on uh, how how you look at it. So oh, it's new. I mean, I'm looking at what, what I guess what I what I, I don't know. I'm I'm always like wrong about this, but I like googled the spec for it, and you end up on like a GitHub page that, which means it's like not quite done 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 right. But it's like so. I I don't know if I'm looking at the right version of the spec or not. But it was updated literally this month. So so it's like still under process. It seems like like this thing is new. And can we get an understanding of how new it is, Rachel? 
Well, it's it's actually been an authorship for the past two to three years, and uh, it's recently, like, finally nearing the end of the race. So it's it's the oldest, newest thing you've ever met, uh, <laughs> the oldest, newest API. And uh, it's because animations is such a broad topic, and so many different browsers are doing it in their own ways right now, that the process of reaching consensus and writing out this like you'll notice if you inspect the the draft that there are many places where there are hey guys I don't know how we're supposed to do handle this one edge case what do you think and that's really what's been the the hold up here is trying to get people involved and trying to nail down these weird edge cases so it is it is new in that you can finally start using it and it is old in that it's been in authorship for a while Sure. Which is, I guess that's the best kind of new there is, right? It wasn't just invented yesterday. There's been plenty of thinking and iteration and working. Another thing, uh, this is also uh, level one. So uh, one of the things I love about, about Dan's tutorials is he gets into sequencing and grouping animations. And those are, for me, the most exciting and useful part of animations. Just think of the things you could do with user interfaces and interaction design with these rather flash-like features. The downside is that we're not going to get those immediately. They're in the polyfill. But we don't have direct access to those in browsers that are implementing level one of the spec. Level one of the spec is a minimum viable product to basically reproduce CSS animations and transitions on the browser's backside. Ah, uh, okay. So, so let's get no to that a little bit. no sequencing, no grouping just now. So it will get more complicated when level two comes out and we get these incredibly useful features. Fascinating. But that is, okay, so if you tried to use it now without the polyfill, it just wouldn't work. But certain features do work. and Not those level two features. That's funny. It's, it's, so, it's so difficult to kind of explain stuff like that, I feel like. So, for, for example, I'm like, you know what, I better check out, can I use, a lot of us reference, can I use for, mm-hmm. for like whether things are supported or not? So I can drop that link in there. It's, but, you know, they have a whole section on Web Animations API. And, you know, it's always, it's, it's a little hard to mouth chart things. But I'll, I can tell you some of the highlights are, um, you know, Chrome for the last... 10 versions or so, Firefox for the last 10 or so. Uh, and because Chrome, that means Blink and that means Opera 2 and Android browser and some Opera mobile stuff. But the, the holdouts being no Safari, no IE, anything. Fortunately, the polyfill does a great job of covering those. Oh, no. Um, the misleading thing about can I use is that the spec is only partially implemented across various browsers. There's a Brian Bertels, um, the I think one of the major contributing authors to the spec, did a site called Are We Animated Yet? Which is specifically covering how much of the spec is covered by Firefox. We're not talking about Chrome. We're not talking about Edge. Just Firefox, and it's a little spotty. And sometimes like when I'm writing these tutorials and, and demos on my own end, I will try to implement, like, let me try passing the keyframes in this way that's defined in the spec. Hmm, it does not work. Apparently, it's like only cer- certain little parts of the spec have been implemented in different places, and it's a, it's a bit of a patchwork. So you, have to, you do have to browser test with this one, just to be sure. So if you just use the, like, dot animate, and I'm trying to move the, the transform value of something from scale 0 to scale 1.2 or something, you'd think that would be, like, the easiest thing to do and probably has, like, the largest level of support, though, perhaps, yeah. Dot animate is pretty darn safe. Okay. 
Cool. Oh, there's so much to talk about. So I want to know a little bit more about the the polyfill thing. Apparently, there is one, and it's kind of like an official polyfill, right? It's not like some some rando made a polyfill, which sometimes right. those can be extremely excellent polyfills too. So nothing mm-hmm. against that, but in this case, it was we want this thing to exist. Maybe we'll start with a polyfill, which in which for us to like kind of work out API stuff. Or- yeah, my that's my understanding is that it, it's headed up largely by the. It seemed, of course, uh, I, I don't have the official word on this, but it seems like it's headed up by the Chrome team. Um, it's largely coming out of their camp, and so when they came out with their implementation in Chrome 10 or 13, 15 versions ago, um, they were working along this, alongside of that, so that you could start using it. Um, as soon as they introduced it, you know, it did support it in the other browsers. Uh, could be wrong on that, but that is that's my understanding. That's pretty neat. It's you almost wish that's how everything worked, right? It started with the polyfill, and you can get the feedback on that, and then it became native eventually. It seems like a pretty clever way to do it. Uh, okay, so there is one. So if you are way into this stuff, or even level two stuff, you you can do that. Rachel, did you have some thoughts on that? There are actually two. There is the Web Animations API polyfill, which is privately referred to as the level one polyfill that doesn't cover things like sequencing and grouping. And then there's the uh, level two, aka web animations next polyfill. They both live on the same page, so this is a little confusing, but fortunately there's a features chart that breaks down which ones have access to which things. Both of them do dot animate, but the next does offer sequencing and grouping. So if you want to gallop ahead and try out some of these future features, uh, you can do that. We've we've said those words enough times that I feel like it's worth defining a little bit. So maybe starting with sequencing. What maybe each of you take one, Dan? What is sequencing? Do you have that? I'm going to let Dan handle both of these because okay. my work oh, has wow. mostly been with level one. So take it away, Dan. Yeah, and my work has been with this is in the polyfill. Why is it not in the spec? And it took a long time to find <laughs> out that it was in the level two spec. Um, you know, that's one of the things. It's just it, there are a lot of these specs floating around. But uh, grouping and sequencing is is effectively you've got ten animations that you want to have happen. So in sequence. For a sequence, you can specify these 10 animations will happen one after another. So you just say, play this group of animations, play this, play these 10 animations, and it will do it one after the other. Grouping is similar in that it's going to be, um, hey, take is these 10 animations. another and, word? For- right. Yeah, chaining. Okay. So once one of them ends, the next one will start, and uh, it'll be... You know, hopefully the the intent was that it's as smooth as possible. You're not having to like build a new animation and try and time it at the right time. Dot animate. Dot animate. Dot animate. Right. So here you here you're you're probably going to be doing um, another way to set up an animation instead of doing element dot animate is the animation constructor constructor, which is going to have a similar format. You specify some keyframes. You specify your duration, delay, other timing functions, and uh, uh, etc. But if you've got 10 of these animation objects that aren't playing, you can assign them to a sequence effect, uh, which is a, it, it seems like a weird name to me. Um, it's, it's not so much an effect as it is just playing the animations in sequence, but yeah, chaining together. And then groupings, the, um, similar, just you've got these 10 animations that you've set up and defined, and you want to start them at the same time. So you, you play the group, and that play, triggers all 10 animations that are underneath that group. I I understand this from a soundboard level. Um, I could hit a button on my soundboard and trigger 10 sounds. 
uh, similar to that. Yeah. But this is scripted through jar- Jarvis Grumps. Perfect analogy. Another analogy would be nesting in Flash, if you're familiar with uh, Flash animation tools. Yeah, I wonder what the the like overlap here on the Shop Talk show is <laughs> for Flash. Um, but uh, I'm I'm fairly familiar with Flash from my my previous life. Uh, yeah, how does it kind of I the when you say you're talking timeline, I immediately imagine a, a Flash timeline where I like <laughs> drag little colored squares onto a a, a big I I know, spreadsheet of squares or something. Uh, but it's not like that. It's kind of more just uh, a a text-based timeline is that maybe you can describe the parallels to flash and in that all right so timelines are they're they're interesting web animation api it's very time-based animation that is to say you give it time and it fills the time with motion and transparency changes and whatever you need so it's time-based you're always providing it with time and it's always running forming tiny little timelines on which it's deciding at what given point the thing you're animating should look like, and then lining those timelines up with a document timeline, which is a timeline that starts, well, it varies depending on different browsers. Some browsers start as soon as you open the page. Some start as soon as you open the browser. But there's a fixed point at which the the browser's like, okay, we're going to use this to line up all our little animations. But the fun part is that this API is written in such a way that it leaves the door open for uh, future specs to create other kinds of uh, timelines. For instance, scrolling might be uh, connected to a timeline. And as people scroll down the page and up the page, you'll be moving forward and backward in that timeline, and you could adjust animations accordingly. That's just one idea that's been thrown out there. Uh, gesture-based timelines have come up. I'm, I'm really excited about that. But uh, the timeline concept right now is fairly simple. I'm hoping it's gonna going to explode very soon. That's that that's that's very. I mean, there's a lot of people who spend their whole day hacking the on scroll um, to like trigger an animation, and so you're saying it could, ju- in theory, somebody could create a scroll based timeline. So you, the browser height is the the timeline, and it triggers as it goes, sort of percentagey. If there's, I, I think there's probably a the, one of the questions that I mean it comes up in my mind a whole bunch is the is the if I'm like whatever serious about doing some animation on the web, uh, I'd probably reach for some kind of animation library, and it seems like they some of them have come and gone a little bit. But the one I always hear everybody excited about, and uh, I'm excited about, is Green Sock or whatever. Uh, it seems like why don't why would I? The obvious answer is, well, the Web Animations API requires nothing. It requires no additional resources because it's a native API. But we all, you know, we know it's fairly new. We don't, um, you know, we can't count on it everywhere. Why wouldn't I just reach for GreenSock? Doesn't it seem to like have awesome performance and awesome APIs and have all these abilities that we're dreaming about and drooling about now? But they they work right this second. Uh, from my point of view, it's uh, it's one of those things that I, I like to include as little. JavaScript as possible, um, as far as libraries are concerned, you know, I, yeah, it it it's just a choice, uh, and a lot of times GreenSock is going to be a bit of a, um, it, it, it's it's got a ton of power and it's got a lot of stuff, and the things that uh, I've seen people do with with GreenSock are amazing, but a lot of times you don't need something that 
complex. Something you need. Sometimes you might need something that's closer to what you're used to. And if you're used to CSS animations, uh, using the Web Animations API is going to be a lot easier jump to to get to. But you still get some additional benefits, like that timeline and um, additional events. So um, that, it's it's it all comes down to choice. And there's there's a time to use one or the other. And if you don't need all of the tweening and uh, all the timeline power and morphing of SVGs, uh, which is all very cool. Um, but sometimes you just need to move something from point A to point B, and you need that to be a little bit more dynamic than what CSS gives you. Then the Web Animations API will give you feels similar to the the like the like people reaching for jQuery when all they did is needed to exactly. attach a click handler or whatever. Definitely, this is something I've been seeing more and more. Um, like. like Greenstock is great for cross-browser compatibility, especially when it comes to SVG, which has pretty poor normalization. And that's a that's a major selling point for them, and it totally works with the SVG craze that's going on right now. But I feel like it's only like next year we're going to see a you might not need J, uh, you may not need a Greensock site the same way there's a you might not need jQuery site. It, it's uh, it is an extra library. It does make something easy that browsers are actively trying to make easier, and some people are just slapping it on their libraries to do relatively simple animations. I mean, so the idea is that for some things, like say you want to sequence a couple of animations and have them run at the same time, you don't need a library for that. You could just use your browser and write some JavaScript. But if you want to do a really cool interactive dashboard with in-time uh, in time SVG animations, et cetera, to represent many data points, you might want to bring out the big guns and, you know, not rely on a simple API for that. You might want to head right over to the Greensock place. It, it's a great tool. It is fantastic. Um, but there are probably some really simple animations that you could do with the web animation API in the future. All very fascinating. So it's it's a little bit of no wonder we, we can we can we can guess a little bit at at, at Greensock headquarters um, that it's that they're doing things like you know that plugin they have that's so awesome for SVG morphing and they have plugins for other things they have plugins for like you know doing the drawing of SVG and around stuff they want to start offer things that you that that aren't even on the radar for the web animations API right because then it and keeps their product smart. valuable. I mean, it's only a matter of years before somebody starts writing things like that with the Web Animations API. Maybe five years from now, there will be a, a little SVG morph plugin written with the Web Animations API. But for now, if you want cutting-edge effects, you go to them. Also speaking of them, or in, in, in substitute Greensock, if you know, for your favorite animation library or whatever, but like, uh, let's see, how can I approach this? Maybe let's do this other thing first that I have in mind, which is there's a native JavaScript API that's probably been around longer and or not a not a, not necessarily an animation API, but it's named that way. And what I'm talking about is request animation frame, which we're which we, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us are are familiar with for its ability to run like really fast loops, like loops in the speed at which we're hoping run at 60 frames per second in which to do animation stuff in it. So that's it doesn't animate anything by itself, but it is kind of the 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 tool recommended for if you are going to do an animation by yourself to use. Let's say you're going to do an animation on Canvas or whatever, you'd probably reach for that tool. So could it be explained to me how those things are related to each other? Do they use each other under the hood, or how does that operate? I don't think they use anything under the hood that's uh, shared. 
Um, but it, you are approaching it from a different mindset, uh, I would say. Uh, when, you're, when you're using something like a CSS animation or using the Web Animations API, you're, you're thinking in the concept of, I want this animation to run for five seconds and let the, let the browser take over everything in between. Uh, from the start to the end, just let it let it control it, let it do as the best rate that it can get. Uh, whereas request animation frame, you're you're like, okay, I want to, I want this to be an animation that does these frames, and if it's running slower, then it may not make it to that time frame that you're you're aiming for, but it's going to do it in the smart way as well. Um, so it's just it's kind of which smart way do you want to take it? Uh, yeah, take it. So I brought it up because I remember when like jQuery. Th- Two or three dropped or whatever it is. They're, they're, the big right. announcement is um, we're u- for our animate. We're using request animation frame under the hood now, so the performance is better, and perhaps the hardware acceleration thing is better, which we can get to in a minute. So that was a big deal, and it seemed like a really smart move. I also highly suspect that a, a library like GreenSock has request animation frame. It, high, it you know that's the kind of root of what GreenSock is doing is it's doing a bunch of smart stuff and then doing it in a request animation frame loop if if that's supported and then falling back probably to to other loop like structures so these all these things are kind of related in a sense aren't they that like you use GreenSock but what GreenSock is doing is request animation I'm curious if you have any you know and it'd be probably interesting to ask them directly but I wonder if if we could suspect. Is our library, or like if you're going to write your own library, let's say, would you approach it like, okay, I'm going to try to use the web animations API. I'm going to, I'm inventing my own API, but under the hood of my library, I'm going to try to use the web animations API. If that fails, I'm going to fall back to request animation frame. If that fails, I'm going to fall back to set interval. Is that kind of how you would approach it? Do we are we thinking that something like GreenSock is going to morph themselves to attempt to use the animations API? That was certainly the uh, the hope of the authors of the Web Animation API. Just the same way jQuery can now use uh, native fun- calls underneath the hood, it was that uh, GreenSock and other animation library authors might take advantage of the the performance boosts and such that the API offers. Well, I mean, it stands it stands to reason. I think you know, you, you use it if it's available. It might might even simplify a code base or make it more complicated. I, I don't know. Maybe it means we'll get more animation libraries for more kinds of uses in the future. This episode of Shop Talk Show is sponsored by Fluent, the O'Reilly Web Conference. Web, web, web. Programming people, design people, all kinds of web everything. The web platform, our kind of conference. Two days of intense training at the beginning for people who want a tight focus on things. React, Node, CSS, layout, site planning, that kind of thing. March 7th through 10th is those, and then 8th through 10th is the conference part. Again, out in beautiful San Francisco. Sessions then explore everything from foundation design decisions to the details of JavaScript workflows, the latest JavaScript frameworks, that like React versus Angular conversation will be big there, I'm sure. Uh, hardware, chat, testing, performance, all of the cultures that make these projects succeed or fail. Uh, I should mention, 30% off if you use shop talks, plural, uh, when you register for Fluent, which is a heaping chunk of savings if you use that discount code. You'll come back from Fluent, again, this early March in San Francisco, with a big picture of where well web development is headed and the details you need to make it work for you. This is a huge, huge web conference, uh, O'Reilly's Fluent Conf. 
uh, click the link in the show notes and go register and attend. Cool, cool, cool. So, so that you know, uh, that's that. We covered the, the the polyfill a little bit. We covered that this thing is rolling out in phases, and that there's these level one APIs and in upcoming level two APIs. Uh, uh, there's this thing called Smile that Rachel mentioned earlier. I always kind of thought that, and we also mentioned this. We mentioned the fact that this API it does it does smush together some under the hood stuff, right? Isn't it true that whatever powers this internally in the browsers is the same thing that powers CSS animations? Yeah, that's the intent. There, there was some, I believe there was some kind of effort made to see if Smile could stick around but under the hood use this API because I think part of the impetus for dropping Smile was that it's its own huge chunk of a code base that handles just it and it's a little hard to deal with and it's like this API exists in part to do the Lord of the, Lord of the Tweens thing, <laughs> get everything under one hood and it kind of sucks to have this this syntax out there that uh, that is has its own entire universe of, of thing. And, and it, it seemed to me that that probably couldn't have been done reasonably. So the decision was, let's drop Smile. And I'm talking about Blink specifically. Let's drop Smile and, and renew our efforts for the Web Animations API. So is there things that you could do in Smile that are like, it's okay that we dropped it because now you can do it in the Web Animations API? There's still things that you could do with Smile that you can't do so easily with the API. Some of it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not an SVG expert, uh, at least not at this time. I've had my heads down on the Web Animation API, so maybe Dan can clarify this one a bit. I'm I'm in a similar boat. I uh, (laughs) I actually did my first um, SVG animation with the Web Animations API, um, like strictly with SVG, trying to do some of the things that um, I've seen people do with Smile and. And, and 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 it's 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 not there. Um, uh, it it there's there's certainly th- I mean the one thing that comes to mind is Motion Path, which um, has been introduced as a CSS property, and Chrome has an initial version of that. But it's it's very different than how Motion Path works inside of an SVG. Um, I'd say you know maybe one day when um, more SVG um, attributes can be used inside of CSS, we might see. Um, more use of that, but right now it's uh, it, it seems like something that's uh, that is lacking, and that's 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 the example that comes to my mind. You have a little paper airplane in it, and it goes woo woo, and goes in a little. Or Alice is dropping down a hole, and she's moving from left to right, or something. Rachel, you might reach for that to because it's you just define a path and then an object, and it follows that path. Do I have that right? Right. Yeah, and and that's something that SVG has been handling for. A good while with Smile and um, and CS uh, Chrome has introduced it as a property that you can put on any element. You just specify much like you do shapes or, um, or you specify a path in SVG. You uh, you can now define a motion path for any element. So you've got a div and you want it to go in a spiral. You specify a spiral uh, path right. and uh, you, you animate the motion offset of that um, animation. It's 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 got its initial implementation in Chrome, but it's again they, right. there's still a lot of things to think about. And I've seen um, some conversations um, from the people who are writing the spec that um, you know there's like there are so many unknowns how this is going to really work. Like 
we've got this initial version, but there's still a lot of things that what happens in this case, in this case, kind of like Rachel was mentioning earlier, you know, calling out, uh, what about this one edge case? There, this is one of those that has quite a few edge cases um, and several that aren't edges. So yeah, that kind of thing smells to me like, you know, like, I, you know, not that there's anything nefarious about this at all, but it's like, oh, shoot, we're taking this away from web developers. We better kick into gear our support of the CSS motion path because then we can say, oh, don't worry, we're giving it back to you right now. <laughs> well, it was originally a part, CSS motion path was originally a part of the web animation API spec, but it was removed in favor of a minimum viable product. Uh, aspect. So yes, it was originally supposed to help replace. I, I mean, underpin smile, but uh, in the end, it kind of it got separated for a divide and conquer uh, methodology. We did, for the record, ask some of the spec authors on, but are bad. I think most of them live in very far away corners in which this is the wee hours of the morning. So they declined to to, to join us for the show, but uh, that's okay. Sorry about that. I I have a question. What what are like when you're animating an SVG with this this um, web animations API? What what are the ergonomics like for me as a developer? I I in my brain it just seems impossibly difficult to move around SVG using JavaScript. But you know something like GreenSock is just I point it at my SVG and it it magically does the thing I want it to do. Um, I think ergonomics are a bit of a laughable concept, but they are all, are also like the pathway to adoption, like good good developer ergonomics. So, is it do you, when you kind of mess are are messing with an SVG in, in JavaScript? Is it does it feel natural? Does it feel good, or is it still kind of rough? Uh, for me, it, it feels semi natural just because I'm referencing the elements like I am my normal HTML elements. I'm pulling out this div and rotating it versus uh, I'm doing this uh, this rectangle or, or whatever. Um, but that's because I'm coming at it from a, uh, from a mindset of I, I'm used to animating just content in a web page. Um, for someone who's thinking about it from here's an illustration and here's all the pieces of it, uh, it, it might be different for them. I can speak to how, uh, how people who come from a visual background will feel about it. I mean, for me, the web animation API feels like a, a second skin. It's totally, totally natural because I've been doing CSS animations, and it's really exciting to be able to get in and and control when and how things run. But at the same time, when looking at some of these properties with people who have never, you know, really gotten further than just CSS, they don't have a background in JavaScript. They they just want to move some things across the page in reaction to users. It's a lot to take in. So the great, great, bright, sunny side to that downer note is that I can, now that I'm digging around in here, I can easily see somebody using this to create an, a user interface where people could, you know, kind of like a WYSIWYG, you know, create a div on the page, uh, set a timeline, drag it around, set beginning point and end points, and, you know, spit out some JavaScript for that. I'm I'm excited. I, I hope that we will see more things like that coming from both browsers' development tools and from independent third parties. Are you are are the limitations still the same? Like like with you can't animate height, for example, in in CSS, or or you you can hack your way around it. But does that limitation transfer over to the JavaScript API? You can animate height. Oh, okay. But you're still going to well, have the like, same performance. 
poten- potentially that you that you yeah uh, that you would see there with CSS. Uh, you, so you, I, I'd say, I would say that it's the same kind of mindset. You're still going to want to focus on your transforms and opacity over other properties and lefts and heights. Uh, that I, I don't know if that's changing. I think I think they are working on that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but to what extent and how soon? Uh, it is partly the browser's jobs to increase the performance of the rendering engines. So we can be respectful of that, but we shouldn't just say some things are completely uh, completely off the shelf. Kind of no wonder that people get upset about it a little bit, because it's like, I sh- you provided a way for me to animate anything I want, but you know, without being extremely clear about it, animating certain things is much worse than animating certain other things. It's like, no wonder there's like a little bit of animosity occasionally. You're like, what? There's the subset of things that I'm allowed to animate smoothly? Like, what the heck? Yeah. And it also, you know, a lot of it depends on your context. Recently, for one of the demos I've been working on, I wanted to animate the height of something because it's behind something else and I need to show it getting smaller. But animating, and no, no, scaling and transforming were not going to work for this. And I ended up just animating the height because I couldn't get a clipping path um, to to clip something that was a child element. And that was just the constraints of the browser. However, animating the height on this one thing in this one instance did not make the entire page terrible. So you, you can pick and choose your battles. And one day in the you know, maybe five years from now, that will be a non-issue for browsers. Hopefully, browsers, if you're listening. So we touched on that a little bit. Is it is it kind of true that if you use this, you're going to get as good of hardware acceleration as you can possibly get? Because it's like, this is native level, right? So if you get it, hopefully you get it. If you don't, there's no way to make it work at all. Right, because with, with Google Chrome, they've... Um... Uh, they're they're the ones that had the you know they were the first to to really roll it out they they redid their whole underlying engine so when they introduced the their first web animations API it was built on the same thing that CSS animations were on so so you are getting it it's just which avenue makes the most sense for you are you doing a simple transform then you can still use CSS get your nice benefit you want to do something fancier or, or tie into some uh, some of that timeline uh, manipulation uh, you can use JavaScript and you'll get that. Um, same level of performance, and I and I'm assuming that the other browsers are doing the same kind of right. thing. Right, it does as good as a job as it can do. Hopefully, you don't even have to do stuff like will change and all that stuff because it's happening through JavaScript. So hopefully, it's aware that it's going to change because you're telling it it's about to. There, there is no will change in the web animation. Good, good, good. That was always super weird, especially when we are told that like. Uh, yeah, you, you use this property when something will change, but only apply it with JavaScript right before it does actually change, and then remove it. <laughs> like, okay, uh, that's a little weird. A lot, a lot, we've mentioned SVG a bunch of times here. You can certainly use the Web Animations API for SVG, but it's not an SVG API. It just happens to be if the SVG is in the DOM, you can animate it like you could animate anything else. You could use this just for divs and spans and whatever else, of course, right? Right. Yes. It is a DOM animation API. Yes, and SVG has a DOM, and so does the so does HTML. So I don't know if pretty I... much if you can if you can style it with CSS, you should be able to animate it with the Web Animation API. Wow, that's a good way to put it. Well, that would be a pull quote if we had those. I double checked with this the spec author before I said that. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, what are you excited about, Rachel? I know that you you know you're doing all these cool um, Alice 
demos and stuff? Are you just knocking away on those? Do you have any other pro- like is this like you're 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 it sounds like you're quite literally excited about this API and doing the work on it. So can you share it? Can you infect us with your enthusiasm for it? Oh man, I haven't infected you enough with my enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty effective. We're at like biocontainment one right now. So let's kick it up to a five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, technically, I was going to finish this uh, finish this whole project off at the end of last year, and I, I found Dan's wonderful tutorials, and I I, I want to give Dan a, a, a can, I don't know like a warm hug over Skype here, because I. I was I was coming down with pneumonia after I came back from a long trip and I I was like but I I have to I have to do this I have to write this and I was unable to so I found Dan's tutorials and they were so awesome that I I I just I thought he did a great job and everyone should check them out and I was going to put it together into a web animation weekly special all about the web animations API at that time, though, I only had Dan's tutorials and a bunch of documentation I hadn't written yet. So that special is going to happen in a few weeks. If anyone, uh, if anyone wants to see it, there are some more tutorials now from other folks. Uh, but Dan's do take quite a bit of the stage. So webanimationweekly.com if you're interested in following along the, the web animation API saga. I get but, it. It's your, your weekly newsletter. That's always quite good. It's, very, it's yeah. personal and full of links. It is, and we have a great new features editor too. So it has wonderful animated UI GIFs every week. I love it. Cool. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for making those tutorials, Dan. I love the way you handle CSS animations and transitions and showing how they're done in the Web Animation API because you know in many browsers that's actually how they're being written now under the hood. And for me, I... I'm excited about the potential to build user interface libraries. Like people could build their own in-house libraries for handling motion with their own API calls. Now, it's, that's uh, exciting from a sure. Rather than putting a class on it that might do something CSSy, that there's some limitations there that might. Yeah. yeah. Right now, we're doing everything very state slash class based. You know, I put a class on this, and then it moves, and then I listen for an animation end, and then I move on to the next page, and that's ah uh, that complicated, but with the web animation API, you just roll those animations into your functions that are already describing behavior. You know what I think's neat is I'm on like cruising through Dan's uh, tutorials here, and like the multiple animations is maybe a good one. But um, I, you know, page with like four or five code pens, all animating all at once, and like my computer is not uh, catching fire. Uh, <laughs> it seems like like. It, this has all been built with performance in mind, right? Like, and and also just kind of a very smart way to to build things out. Yeah, it, it makes me feel really good when I look at my CodePen profile and I've got you know one thing that's animating 250 uh, divs randomly with three animations on each of them, and then another pen that's doing something else. Like, it actually they all look really nice. And if you actually look at them, they're all still getting their little, uh, in, you know, in Firefox, they're getting their lightning bolts or whatever in the Chrome dev tools. Uh, you know, oh, you're seeing right. that, that you're just getting rolled your, out, your right? performance. The lightning bolt meaning it's hardware accelerated. Yeah, like it's a really easy check. Uh, and um, and with Firefox Nightly, they're supporting it. Um, the They've got a lot of the latest element animate uh, functionality in there. And, and sure enough, I open up Firefox Nightly, look at my code pen page, and sure enough, I got little lightning bolts everywhere. It's, um it's nice. There has been a lot of thought on that, and um, 
that's great because, yeah, when you're doing an article on with four animations in there, uh, you don't want the browser to crash. As you were putting together your all these demos and stuff that we're talking about, was it was it like you're kind of learning as you're as you're going along here? Uh, oh, very much so. Style? Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> it, it was one of those things I I'd heard uh, I'd heard Rachel talk about it, and I, I saw when Google kind of introduced it with their um, when they announced it, they they were they were talking about material design a lot, and they were using it in Polymer. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I want to I want to learn about that." And there was just nothing. So it, it really was just, "Okay, here's one format I see in the spec. Uh, I'm going to try that." Sure enough, that spec was not uh, implemented yet. So I tried, you know, the next little thing, and that one worked. Um, so I wrote it down and I was like, "Okay, follow this format. That works." Um, and I, yeah, it was one of those things. I I was checking Web Animation Weekly, like. Uh, all the time just to see, like, is there anything about Web Animations API? And, and sure enough, it was just like, nope, not yet. So We finally have enough for one issue. That is very exciting. <laughs> I, I am very excited about that. So uh, I can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, so it really was just I, I opened up a code pen and just tried lots of things, and a lot of things failed. Um, but once I figured out, you know, I was like, oh, I, that was that was my bad because I forgot to include an offset here. And the polyfill like, was very specific about how I formatted something. Um, you know, so I, I documented that and, and I got past that. And then I was able to um, just keep building on that. And now it's just let's just keep trying things until they work. <laughs> Take note, potential bloggers out there. That's just—it's kind of how it's done, you know. I think there's some sentiment occasionally that blogging is only done, you know, by absolute super experts, and they just—they know all this stuff, and they just need to make time to to write about it. Uh, not always the case. Now, <laughs> sometimes it's like I learned this five minutes ago, and now I'm now I'm writing about it. So, yeah. and and if anybody else finds mistakes in here, let me know. You know, like that—that's the mentality when you're. When you're doing that, because I I thought I figured out the answers, but I actually um, I because I did that, I actually have spoken to you know people like Brian, uh, who we mentioned earlier, who's one of the spec writers. He's reached out and is like, hey, by the way, this has changed and it's now this, right. uh, you know. So it's great, like people, uh, the, the knowledge sharing, you know, that's 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 the great thing of the smaller web. world than you think it is. Yeah, I'm debating whether or not I should should share some exciting news with you guys. Uh-oh. I would Uh-oh. obviously err on, yes, of course, you should do that. Shop Talk exclusive. Well, the URL isn't forwarding right, so I'm. it, it just, like, we just put this up last week. Um, the Web Animation Weekly community and I have been talking about putting together a Slack for some time where people can come and just talk about using animation, uh, motion design, web animation API, all good things involving development and animations. And uh, the thing stopping the launch is DNS issues. But I can tell you in a few days, if you go to slack.animationatwork.com, you should be able to join the community. And I'll go ahead and post the direct URL in the chat now. Awesome. So oh. you got you got the first. An exclusive. I know. Well, it's not exclusive, but it's first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty wonderful stuff. Thank you both so much for coming on and talking about this a little bit. We have a few things to uh, 
dimension towards the end of this. And one of this is, do you, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, especially in the new year, it's like, it's like the time is ripe for looking for new jobs. We have lots of jobs, more than we've ever had, I think, at the at shoptalkshow.com slash job. So if you're looking to bounce and looking to do new things, check it out there. There's one in particular that I want to point out, which is interesting. Have you ever known anybody that's been to Germany? They're like, you got to go to Berlin. It's just the best <laughs> city ever, ever, ever. Uh, I'm sure they're right. I got to go to Germany once and I didn't make it to Berlin and now everybody just like frowns at me when I tell them that fact. But apparently Berlin is like the coolest city in the world. So this job is literally in Berlin and it's working at a place called Project A Ventures, which is uh, they're looking for someone to join their team. And it's literally like a venture, you know, uh, funding, you know, one of those type of venture, like venture capitalists, but in Berlin. And you work for them, but you you are this senior front engineer who like then works with the things that they fund. And I think the idea is it's nice to have some like really smart people on staff like that so that the people that, the, you know, the people that they're funding and work with, they like can keep on track. They, they have experts that they can offer as a resource to the people that they fund so that the things that they fund tend to like, you know, have good front end. It's like kind of a, a really kind of an awesome role, I would think, because it's like you get to see and work on lots of different stuff like you do at an agency, but without the like, you know, the the day-to-day intensity and stress of an agency, I think. It, it seems like a very awesome job to me. So senior front end engineer at Project A Ventures doing all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we'll have a link to that particular job in the show notes. I'm sure the job's going to go fast, so... Get your application in. All right, Dave, what are you excited about? This does this did this open your mind a little bit at all? Uh, this has been very informative. Uh, I want to make a face that eats hamburgers. That's what. I, that's the animation I'm bah, going bah, to bah, go bah, try bah, to bah. make. Like a Ooh. a a nutcracker face that eats hamburgers. That's what I want to do. Uh, so you'll need to animate some some Y position, maybe some opacity when it goes in there, or maybe there's a clipping path where the hamburger goes down the throat. So it, you know, it, it doesn't look weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm envisioning, I think, and, and I need this JavaScript to do it. So, uh, well, I think I, we're kind of coming here to, to the end of the show. So I, I want to say thank you uh, to our guests, wonderful guests for coming on the show and taking time out of your day. But before you go, Here's your chance. How can people follow you on the Twitters? Uh, how can people uh, give you money? And then what's one thing you'd like to plug before you go? We'll start with Rachel. All right. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Neighbors. That's N-A-B-O-R-S, like Jim Neighbors. The spelling with as few letters as possible. Uh, my my ancestors were very cheap. So... <laughs> But if you'd like to meet me in person, I will be speaking about the Web Animation API at Smashing Oxford and giving my world-famous DOM animation masterclass. So if you want to learn to master CSS animations and transitions, I'll see you in Oxford. I will also be speaking at ClarityConf in San Francisco about documenting animation in your style guides and the trials and tribulations that come with that. I'm really looking forward to this Let's see, giving a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to MDN. If you are learning to code, the Mozilla Developer Network is one of the best resources you can have. Uh, Better than W3C schools, keep it as a bookmark on your bookmarks bar and reference it as much as you can. The documentation, it's like a rabbit hole of wonder. That's a really good point. I always, you know, Google or Bing was equal opportunity here, but (laughs) 
I type my problem space MDN and I usually get an answer. So, uh, that's a pro tip from the shop talk show, Dan, uh, how can people follow you, give you money? And what's one thing you'd like to plug before you go? Sure. I'm, I'm a space MDNer as well. Uh, very useful. So, uh, yeah, my, uh, site is danielcwilson.com. Uh, I messed up my usernames a long time ago. So my Twitter's less the Yule. So it's Dan C. Wilson and my code pins drop the C. So it's Dan Wilson. Um, yeah, all those places I'm doing a lot. I'm just playing with the web animations API and other things. So, uh, I join me there and, and see what's, uh, see what's going on there. And I think that's, I think that's the good places to go. And, uh, I'm spoiler. Uh, Dan's a little too modest to mention this. He's got a couple apps on the app store. One is called Path to Palindromes. It's a really radical game. And I think you're working on version two. Version two with use of the web animations API. So coming soon, a game, puzzle game. It's very addicting. (laughs) And I'm like on the leaderboard. So don't even try it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't even try to step to me. Uh, Chris, I don't know if we have anything else. Uh, Thank you, dear listener, for uh, downloading this and your podcatcher of choice. We really appreciate that. And uh, be sure to vote this up. Star heart, favorite, whatever it is uh, that lets people know about the show and uh, follow us on Twitter for tens of, of, of tweets. And if you hate your job, we already talked about it, but head over to shoptalkshow.com slash job and get a new job slash jobs. And, uh, yeah, Chris, you got anything else? I can't, um, hmm. Shoptalkshow.com.